Good morning. Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers. Jesus continues traveling towards Jerusalem, and if he keeps this up, he's going to get himself killed, right? He's been invited for lunch, and he's a rude guest. He's a rude guest. Imagine inviting somebody to your house, you're going somewhere, you've been invited, and you start criticizing the tableware and the food and who's been invited. You're going, who let this guy in? <laughs> Who let this guy? Jesus tells us something really, really important about the grace of God for all of us and our status, our ranking in God's eyes, of how precious a treasure we are in the eyes of God, no matter who we are. We've been invited to that heavenly banquet. And so what he's doing is he's trying, he's trying to tell us something about you know, God's desire for how we relate to each other, but he's also saying something broader than that, more fundamental than that. He's telling us something about the kingdom of his Father and what the future will be like when we, all of us, no matter who we are, are gathered around that heavenly banquet. Don't we live in a society where who we associate with and our rank and status, don't those things matter to us? Did any of you grow up and, and go to a high school where you knew who the in-kids were and who the outs were? <laughs> And you had to have a cool car, didn't you, right, guys? If you, if you wanted to date like the cheerleader or something. Am, am I the only person that experienced that? Right? We learned very early on, right, about signs of status. And, you know, and, and that's why we have all these kind of knockoff clothes that kind of confuse people momentarily. They might think that we're actually members of the leisure class until they look close and go, that's not a real whatever, that's a, that's a fake Rolex, right? And we do that because rank and status, those things matter. That's the world we live in. And that's the world that Jesus was in as well. Um, you probably don't know this guy. His name was Christian Herter. He was the governor of Massachusetts in the 1950s. And apparently he had been out traveling around and must have been going to political events or something and meeting a lot of people. Just had a really, really busy day, a full calendar that day, and missed lunch. Fortunately, at the end of the day, the last thing that the governor was supposed to attend was a barbecue dinner. And you go, oh good, you'll get to eat now. So the governor got in the line and made his way down to the woman who was serving up the fried chicken. And boy, he was hungry. And so the woman with the fried chicken doing her job gave him one piece of chicken. Now, if you hadn't eaten all day, you might want to request another piece of chicken. He wanted to cause any trouble, but, but, he, but he said to the woman, um, um, can I have another piece of chicken? No. <laughs> no, you cannot. So then he thought, well, but wait a second. I'm the governor. Maybe if I tell her who I am, I will get another piece of chicken. <laughs> so he introduced himself. Well, hello, ma'am. It's, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for serving here today. Um, I am the governor of the state. Oh, well, nice to meet you, governor. And I'm the lady who gives out the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you have your one piece. Now go. <laughs> But isn't that the way the world works? You know, where it's like, 
You know, we, we're concerned about status and rank our own and others. We want to associate ourselves with people who can do things for us. Not always, right? But we're conscious of those things. Who are we surrounded by? What will that do to enhance our reputation or detract from that? Now, as we grow up and mature, that's not so important, but certainly as younger people, right? Those were things we were concerned about. Those are things we're concerned about. Now, I don't know if this was actually the president that I read and attributed to. When, when, I, when I first heard this story, it was about George Herbert Walker Bush, President Bush number one. Now, maybe it was somebody before him or after him. If you look the story up, you might find that it's a different president or perhaps not even a politician. <coughs> but the story I read was that George Herbert Walker Bush was, was going around greeting people and, and made a visit to a nursing home. It's a wonderful thing to do, right? People don't get out much. But what a great occasion to have the president of the United States come to this nursing home and was going around and greeting the residents. And, and it said that he was talking to this one woman and having a nice conversation and, and then just thought for a moment, she probably has no idea who I am. And wouldn't it be really important for her to know who I am so, so she can tell her, her children about, I met the president of the United States. And so it said that, that the president kind of leaned in and said, um, do you know who I am? And it said that she replied by saying, no, I don't, but if you ask the lady at the desk, she'll let you know. <laughs> because we think those things matter, because they do, they do matter. They do matter. They make a difference for how we navigate the world and the things that people will do for us or the things that we'll do for others because of who they are. Things have not changed so much from Jesus' time. He's been invited to this lunch, and he comes and he criticizes their practices. He understands the way the world works, that in this kind of honor-shame society of his time, somebody's status in the community is an important thing. And you can tell at these dinners who the important people are because they're the ones who get to be seated with the host. This is the way you signal to the community who's important in your life and who is not. It's how you honor the people who can do things for you, and it's how you let the lesser people who owe you things, you let them know where they stand. You invite them so you can seat them at the kids' table so they know their proper place. This is the custom of that time. And Jesus arrives in this place, and he tells them, don't take the seat of honor, but wait for somebody to invite you to have that. And he talks to the hosts about when you throw a luncheon, invite these people, the ones who can't do anything for you. Now, he's not just talking about, you know, well, I, I picked this up from Miss Manners. Right? He's not just teaching etiquette here. He's talking about the kingdom of his father. He's talking about the kingdom that he's already come to initiate, because when you think about who he had table fellowship with, yeah, he went and he had lunch with the leader of the Pharisees. Yes, he, he associated with the rich and the powerful. But over and over again, he was being found to be among the lepers 
and the tax collectors and the sinners and people didn't wash their hands and Episcopalians. <laughs> because he was trying to show us something about, you know, how the world works and how the world works according to his father's way. His father's way. He's come to initiate the kingdom, the kingdom that's already present, but he's also saying something about the future kingdom at which all people, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the smart and the dim, the rich and the poor, the healthy and the lame, all of them, believers and non-believers, all of them, the whole mass of the people of God will be invited regardless of their rank to this heavenly banquet. And he's initiated that already in the life that he's lived. And he encourages us to, to, to not wait for that coming heavenly banquet, but to start living like God's people now. Living like God's people now. In 257, we're going to go back a few years. In 257, the early church those of you who know the, the condition of the early church and the status of the church know that in the early church there was a lot of persecution of Christians. Periods of persecution would, would break out where a large number of Christians would lose their lives. They would be martyred for their faith. In 257, there was a man named Lawrence who was picked by the Pope that has this unusual name of Pope Sixtus II. So I don't know, that doesn't make him the 62nd, but he's called Sixtus II. Couldn't you do better than that? <laughs> Sixtus II saw this young man named Lawrence and made him a deacon in the cathedral in Rome. He was the seventh deacon. And although he was the youngest, the Pope thought so much of him, they made this youngest of the seven the archdeacon, which gave him the important responsibilities of looking over the church property, all of its valuable assets, and also delivering alms to the poor. This is the person who has charge over the treasury of the church. Well, the year after Lawrence became a deacon, Emperor Valerian decided to start persecuting the Christians again and put out a decree that all bishops, priests, and deacons must die. Who wants to sign up for the priesthood? <laughs> That's the way things were in those days. Emperor says, kill them all and take the riches of the church. That's the way you fund things in these days. Take somebody else's property. So let's persecute the church. Let's, let's accuse the church of all kinds of bad things. Let's, let's blame them for the mistakes that we've made. Let's get rid of all their leadership. And let's confiscate all their property to enrich ourselves. The Pope was murdered, celebrating Mass. And then they came for Lawrence. And they understood that Lawrence was the archdeacon and Lawrence was in charge of all the church property. So the reasonable thing in this is to tell Lawrence to turn over the treasury of the church. And so Lawrence said, yes, I will do that. But give me three days to round up the treasury of the church. In those three days, Lawrence took all that treasury of the church and gave it to the poor. 
Here, take the processional cross, take the alms basins, take all the chalices and plates, take all the golden candlesticks, everything. Gave it all away. Gave it all away. On that third day, there's a meeting at the church. The Romans come to collect the treasury that he's supposed to have all this wealth that they're going to haul away. There's no wealth left. But yes, there was. Because the imagery is that Lawrence is standing out front and the Romans are asking for the riches of the church and standing behind Lawrence <coughs> is an army of poor, lame, blind, and sick people. And they said, where's the treasury of the church? And Lawrence, according to the story, turns to all that mass of humanity and said, here is the treasure of the church. It's God's people. God's people. In the most unlikely form for those who think it's the rich and the noble and the powerful that matter in God's eyes, it is these people that matter. These people. Jesus is trying to inspire us to recognize that our value in God's eyes has nothing to do with our earthly rank. Jesus has given us a dignity and a rank we could never accomplish on our own. We do wonderful things with the gift that God has given us. We accomplish great things. We, we, we um, serve people. We, we, we love people. We do all those things. But in God's eyes, our true dignity and rank is something that is simply by God's grace. Given to us freely as gift. Freely as gift. We look around at each other and we, and we think in human terms about who's important and who should I invite to dinner and, and who are my friends and my allies. And, and God says, that's not my way. That's not my way. All of us have infinite value in God's eyes. All of us are infinitely loved in God's eyes. It's a value, a status, and a rank that's given to us simply by God's grace. And those of us that know that, that receive that, we should be set free from the concerns of, what does the world think of me? We should be free to love and embrace others, not worrying about what people will say if we associate ourselves with prostitutes, <laughs> and criminals, and sociology professors. And... <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I used to be. <laughs> that we don't look at each other through the world's eyes. <laughs> that we see each other as precious as God does. And that we're free to love each other as God loves each of us. And to invite into the banquet those who have not found their way here yet. That they might know 